We're continuing with our series on the Kerygma during these four weeks of Advent. We're following a program by a priest named Father John Ricardo. The talks are on the internet, on YouTube, and I'll reference them in a little bit. But I'm going to try to give you both a quick summary to begin and then focus on the third part of that series. So the four parts are... And this is, what is this? What is the kerygma? The kerygma is the proclamation of the gospel, the proclamation of the good news. That's what that word kerygma means, just Greek for proclamation. And in a sense, it's Catholicism 101, or Christianity 101, introduction to Catholicism. Somebody comes to you and asks you, what's your religion about? What's Catholicism about? about? What's Christianity about? Many of us may be inclined to start with the things that we do, our practices. Oh, it's about going to Mass, and it's about going to confession, and praying the rosary, and feeding the poor, and healing the sick. All of these things are true, but they don't give us the context. They don't give us this, the overview, the story. What is the story of our religion? So that's what the kerygma re- relates. So the first part is, of course, that we've been created by God the Father, who is a loving God. And that already differentiates us from all, or not all, but most other religions in the world. And most other belief systems, for example, secularism, which is not a religion, strictly speaking, but it's a belief system, and it's the predominant belief system in our world. Secularism. That does not believe that we've been created by a loving God. But we do. God the Father who loves us created us for love. But then we know that things have gone not according to his plan, that we have fallen. Another way of saying that is that we've been captured. We've been captured by the enemy, by the devil. That's why there are problems in the world, in our communities, in our families, and in our own hearts. But that, of course, is not the end of the story. God was not pleased with the fact that his plan hadn't been carried out, and so he sent his son to come and save us. To come and rescue us. So Father John Ricardo has these four words to help us remember. Created, captured, rescued, and then response. Next week we'll be focused on the response. What is our response to this great plan of God? So today we're focusing on the third part, rescue. The fact that God has come and rescued us. These talks online, they're really good. And I won't be able to cover everything here. So I really encourage you to hear what I'm saying here, but then also go home and watch them today and this week as a family or as a couple or by yourselves as a way to continue to prepare for Christmas. Okay, rescue. Picture this scene. A band of soldiers arriving on a beach. And let's say I tell you what that's about. That's um, D-Day, June 6th, 1944. You know, a band of soldiers arriving on the beach in France. Now, if you just see that picture, nothing else, just that picture. If somebody asks you, what are they coming to do? What are those soldiers coming to do on that beach? We know instantly what the answer is. It's not to enjoy a pleasant afternoon on the beach. It's not to go on vacation. Those soldiers are coming to fight. That's why they're coming. They know that an entire continent has been conquered by an evil ruler who wishes to enslave the people of that continent and then of the entire world. 
These soldiers are coming to stop that from happening, to prevent that from happening, and to rescue those people. Now picture another image, the nativity scene. We're all familiar with the scene, with the image. Joseph, Mary, animals, angels, a manger, and a baby, an infant. If somebody asks us, what is that scene about? What is that baby coming to do? Would we start with, he's come to fight? That's why he's here? He's ready to engage in warfare? He's coming to rescue a people? But that's precisely what he came to do. He knew that the entire world had been conquered by an evil ruler who wished to enslave its people. He was coming to stop that from happening, to rescue the people in the world. Here are these two lines from Scripture. First, from the first letter of St. John. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Pretty straightforward. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. That's warfare language. In the Book of Wisdom, For while gentle silence enveloped all things, and night in its swift course was now half gone, thy all-powerful word leaped from heaven. That's Jesus. Jesus is the word. Thy all-powerful word leaped from heaven, from the royal throne, into the midst of the land that was doomed, a stern warrior. So here are the scriptures themselves revealing God to us, revealing Jesus to us as a stern warrior. C.S. Lewis wrote, Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise in disguise as an infant. That's what Christmas, that's what's about to happen at Christmas. The rightful king landing, landing in disguise. God, and this is a point that Father John Ricardo makes, God didn't just come to tell stories, although he, he told them important, beautiful stories, stories about how to live our lives and all the rest. He didn't come just to do that. And he didn't come to, tell, to, to do miracles, to perform miracles. Although he did those things. And we heard about some of them in the gospel today. The blind regain their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the poor have the good news proclaimed to them. God did all these things. But primarily, God became man to rescue his creation. We heard in the opening hymn, beautifully sung, Israel, captive Israel. God has come to rescue us who had been captured. Okay, I'm going to try to make this, this point in one other way by making a connection to a movie, a popular movie. This isn't Father John Ricardo's connection. This is, this is my own. So if you don't like it, don't blame me. Don't blame him. Blame me. It's a movie called Taken. From 2008, and I don't necessarily recommend watching the movie. It's even though it's only rated PG-13, it should probably be rated 
rated R. So I don't recommend necessarily they watch it. There's some, there's a lot of a lot of violence and and other things. But if you haven't seen the movie, just quickly, the story is about a retired CIA officer who was a spy and a special agent. And after he he's retired to spend more time with his teenage daughter, and his teenage daughter is kidnapped. So this is the beginning of the movie. This teenage daughter is kidnapped. He gets on the phone with, his, with her kidnappers and he says to them, oh, I, won't, I won't be able to make the delivery as well as he does. If you know the scene, you, you know that it would be a, a horrible attempt if I tried. He's a wonderful actor. It's a great, great performance. But he says this. And as I read this, here this character in this story, but here also God the Father saying this to the devil, to the enemy, and referring to us, his children. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have is a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that will be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will end you. And there's a pregnant pause as we wait to hear what, how the other side will respond. And he responds, good luck, and hangs up the phone. So now we're on the edge of our seats, cheering for this father to go and hunt after this enemy and rescue his daughter. And of course, I, I'm going to spoil the movie for you, but I don't feel bad about it. It's been out for 15 years. He succeeds. And there's a beautiful scene. She looks at him when, when he arrives. She's at the, in, in the belly of the beast. She's on a boat with this very evil man. And he, and he comes and prevents it from happening. And she sees him and she starts crying. And she says, Daddy, you came for me. And he says, I told you I would. That's the Christian story. That's God coming after us to rescue us. When we think about God, do we think of him in this, in this way? In this strong, vibrant, masculine, warrior-like way? I'm going to challenge us, myself included. I think this might be one reason why so many people, especially so many men, especially so many young men, have left, are leaving, and will leave the church. We present a picture of Jesus, which is that Jesus is gentle, and he's kind, and he's merciful, and loving, which are all true. Jesus is all of these things. But that's not the fullness of Jesus. Jesus is also a fighter, a warrior, a rescuer, 
a provider, a protector. And young men need role models that are these things. If they don't receive it from the church, they're going to go look for it elsewhere. And they'll find it in successful athletes and movie stars and pop stars, music stars. Anyone who succeeds in their field, they have to be strong and they have to be a fighter. And so young men are going to find these role models and they're going to follow them. Now, some of them are virtuous, and thanks be to God for that. There are lots of virtuous athletes and, and movie stars and etc. But there are others who aren't, and those are going to lead them away from God. So we have to present the fullness of Jesus. And we don't need to swing the pendulum all the way to the other side. It's not either he is really strong, we can say that the alpha male exclusively, or he is really weak and docile and passive. That the, the, the beta male, these two versions of, of masculinity that are presented to us. No, Jesus is both of these things. True masculinity. We can say he's the knight, the classic knight. And it's really the other way around. Right? The knight is an expression of Jesus. And a great one from, from the movies is Aragorn from The Lord of the Rings. Movies and books. He's both of those things. He's the best man He's gentle to those who need the gentle touch. And he is simultaneously strong, capable of fighting and defeating the enemy for those who cannot protect themselves. So I'll just close with, uh, with a quote, a couple of quotes. One from C.S. Lewis, just the, the end of that phrase. So Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise. And he's calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. We're all being invited into this mission, into this rescue operation. First of all, to be rescued ourselves, and then to help God, to help others, to, to rescue others. And the last one from what's called an antiphon that goes with one of the Psalms. And it is, this is our heavenly king. He comes with power and might to save the nations. This is our heavenly king. He comes with power and might to save the nations.